I'm a sheriff. A cowboy sheriff. On a steel horse you ride. Sweet Clyde, laugh derisively at him. <laughs> okay, A, they weren't dead when I got them, and two, they were going bad anyway. Turns out you can't fool some of the people any of the time. Would you rather die a horrible green fever death or get a nice clean pipe to the temple? This is Mr. Sledge's Neighborhood, the almost weekly podcast supplement about the world of geekdom. Kevin's opinions are just that. They are his and his alone and do not reflect that of the Court of Nerds or the Imperium of Man. So open up some Cheetos and make your way down to the basement because it's about to get nerdy in here. Welcome to Mr. Sledge's Neighborhood number 31. So how about that new intro? You like it? I plan on trying to change it up every season, so if you have a favorite sound drop, recommend them in the comments section somewhere, and maybe I'll remember it next time I change it. It may be a new intro, but the format stays the same. Ish. I decided to drop all pretense and retire the wheel of insanity to the broom closet of half-baked ideas, and leave the topics to the after-party, where I promise to cuss more. So, just play news and reviews with a dash of sledgy saltiness. And sponsors! Who could forget my sponsors? Like this week's sponsor, Folgers Coffee. Again! Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just the same thing every man wants. Just a decent cup of coffee. I was wrong! You're kidding! I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable! Pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. And your sister's prettier than you, too. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. And you should see what they do for me in the bathroom. Well, see you later. I want a divorce. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. So relax. You don't need no man to feel good. Why don't you try instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perk. Good as fresh perk? That's not the only thing that's perky, if you know what I mean. I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. I don't think you're supposed to use coffee in that way. Hey, great coffee. It's instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office. Why are you inviting them over? Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Candle wax? Now we're talking. Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked. Try it. Now with extra misogyny. And now, the news! In tabletop gaming news this week, you didn't hear it from me, but word is, there's a new 40k codex on the horizon. One that promises to bring the most good to the greater masses. Keep a lookout for March's White Dwarf for all the details. In video gaming news this week, Many fans believed Overwatch's 27th hero would be a mysterious character from the recent story update, but new evidence suggests that the role actually belongs to the daughter of none other than defense hero, Torbjorn. 
Late last week, a declassified after-action report was posted on the official Overwatch Twitter, detailing a mission involving several members of Overwatch that went south, resulting in Torbjorn being wounded. One operative on the mission was previously unmentioned character by the name of Emery Sargalu. The enigma of this new character led many to expect that there was a next hero to drop in the game, but two story updates since have left fans leaning in another direction. Shortly following the after-action report, a letter from Torbjorn to his wife was released, in which he reassures her about the injuries he suffered on the mission. We learn from the letter that this was a mission on which Torbjorn lost his arm, and also that he permitted tank hero Reinhardt to name his daughter in appreciation for saving his life. Not much alluding to the new character is necessarily hinted at by the letter, but we know Torbjorn's daughter, later named Brigitte, to now be a full-grown and formable-looking woman. Based on Reinhardt's animated short film from last year, this short also showed fans that Brigitte and Reinhardt are very close, which adds significance to the third story update that recently launched. An image was recently posted to the Overwatch Twitter depicting blueprints for a club-like weapon, with the caption, quote, I'll knock some sense into you, end quote. The weapon looks to be some form of melee weapon, with the word slaga at the top of the paper, which means flail in Swedish. As Reinhardt is the only character with a melee weapon and his primary tool, and Torbjorn is Swedish, it would suggest the new hero to have connections to both these original characters. Most significant on the list is certainly the last entry, which may allude to the weapon's form. How a flail would work on Overwatch remains to be seen, but another interesting entry on the list may suggest that it will have a special feature. The first item listed is a micro burner, which could tease that weapon uh, and set enemies on fire. This is currently speculative, but all, this reveal, all these reveals appear to be ramping up. We should expect to learn about the identity of the weapon of Overwatch's 27th hero fairly soon. The character will be meta-changing, according to game director Jeff Kaplan, so it'll be interesting to see how this character mixes up with ongoing Overwatch League. Also, also, in video game news, GOP members seem convinced that video games have caused school shootings. For my feelings on this, refer to the upcoming Mr. Sledge's After Party. Oh, I've seen almost half of America Everywhere I look I'm proud to see what I can see of Americans Well, have you seen? Just take a look! I'm Phil Kenseven. You may not know me, but I have $12 billion here that says you'll vote for me regardless. Phil Kenseven. Strength. Leadership. Vision. Oh, almost forgot. I've taken every drug known to man. And not just orally. Just getting that out there. Paid for by the people that gave Phil Kinsevin $12 billion. In tech news, Samsung has gone an entire year without having their phones explode. Hooray! I can attest to this having the Galaxy S8 since launch, but a lot has happened since then. Google released a follow-up to the Pixel with mixed results. Apple released the 8 and the X, I mean 10, skipping 9 altogether, like Microsoft. But Samsung will have none of this number-skipping nonsense. On March 16th, you can get your hands on the Galaxy S9 and the S9 Plus, and it's not all that different from the 8, including the price tag, which was a surprise. In fact, the Galaxy S9 and the S9 Plus are so similar to their predecessors that on a passing glance, they look and reportedly feel exactly the same. 
The S9 pair maintained the S8's attractive and efficient design with extra tall screens, curved sides, and a glass front and back. A 5.8-inch S9 and a 6.2-inch S9 Plus screens are the same Super AMOLED panels, though Samsung says they're a bit brighter than last year. Also interesting, though the phones look and feel the exact same as last year's models, they have a slightly different dimensions and weigh a little more. So don't expect to be able to use those S8 cases on the S9s. The other reason you won't be able to reuse the cases is one major exterior change. Samsung moved the fingerprint scanner from the right of the camera to below it, like sane, like sane phones. This, is, this causes me no end of grief. Uh, which would make it much easier to use, especially in the larger S9+. Plus. Though it's not an, an in-screen fingerprint scanner like we thought they were going to have, as some might have hoped for, it will likely be a noticeable improvement over the old design. Otherwise, the button laid out, including the stupid-ass Bixby button, is all the same. Including a 3.5mm headphone jack, which I don't think Samsung is ever going to get rid of. You won't see the difference with the S9's new speakers, which now produce stereo sound that are 40% louder, according to Samsung, but you'll sure be able to hear it. The S9 runs Qualcomm Snapdragon 845 processor in North America. In other markets, I have no idea. Uh, has either a 4GB for the S9 or a 6GB for the S9 Plus RAM, and comes with 64 gigs of storage uh, and a micro uh, SD slot because they still keep doing that, which, I mean, I'm all for. The big uh, new highlight features the S9's new camera system, which comes with a single lens on the S9, but a dual camera on the S9+. Plus. The new camera on Samsung's first year with the mechanically adjustable aperture, not counting the China-only flip phone launched last year, uh, which can switch between very bright uh, and, and somewhat less bright <laughs> exposure conditions. The bright aperture lets in 28% more light than the S8's lens, uh, and is said to help overexposure and bright scenes. Uh, so for all you camera junkies like Stacy out there, yeah, you're probably still going to use a camera over your phone, but hey, you get better pictures. In addition to the new adjustable aperture, the S9's 12-megapixel camera sensor includes second-generation dual-pixel autofocus text, for faster and more reliable focusing, improved multi-frame noise reduction, and claimed 30% better low-light performance. I don't really know how you measure uh, a percentage of better low-light performance, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the S9 Plus's second rear camera does not have a variable aperture feature, but works similarly to the Note 8's dual camera system. Uh, that essentially means you can fix your, like, blurring effects, uh, for when you take selfies and stuff like that. Integrated into the new camera app is Samsung's take on the iPhone X's an emoji, which it will call AR emoji, altered reality emoji, yeah. I don't, people love this shit, I don't, I couldn't care less. It lets you capture an image of your face, and using over 100 points, it builds a custom 3D character with your features. The app then creates 18 animated GIF stickers that are accessible to the keyboard for use in messaging apps. You can customize the look of your character with different hairstyles, glasses, and outfits as well. AR emoji aren't quite the same as Animoji. The tracking isn't nearly as precise, and it's not all animals, but it's more similar to like 3D Bitmoji characters. 
The Galaxy S9 and the S9 Plus work with the same Gear VR that launched alongside the Note 8, as well as Google's Daydream View headset. I don't use these headsets anymore. I don't know who does, uh, but can we let phone VR die for a little while, uh, or at least work up a little while until it gets better and more usable? Eh. The S9 will be available in all major car carriers in the U.S., as well as unlocked directly from Samsung. Pricing for the unlocked models is $700 in $19.99 and $800 in $39.99, which is $80 bucks less than the S8 cost last year. While carrier pricing ranges from $720 to $840 and $800 to $930, U.S. customers will be able to choose between black, purple, or blue color options at launch while gray model will also be available internationally. It's likely that other color options will be made available later this year. So if I'm Samsung right now, and I, and I got ahead of the, the curve here, and I'm putting my new flagship phone out there, what they decided to do was uh, double down on some of the features that uh, made their phones great, uh, they took some cues from Apple's uh, iPhone 10, uh, like the Animoji and the face, you know, the the face sculpting and the phone unlock with your face, which actually Samsung has had for years. Uh, Apple just did it better. Uh, and then instead of raising their price to be a thousand dollars, they cut the cost by eighty bucks. Plus, you still have a headphone jack. Well played, Samsung. Well played. Shake hand, kiss baby. Shake hand, kiss baby. Shake hand, kiss hand. Shake baby, shake baby. Kiss hand, shake baby. Shake baby, kiss hand. In internet news this week, Ajit Pai is still a douchebag, but now he's joined by FCC Chairman Michael O'Reilly. These two Republican members of the Federal Communications Commission face accusations that they violated government ethics rules during an appearance at the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai was given a National Rifle Association Charlton Heston Courage Under Fire Award at CPAC this past Friday. Accepting the award is almost certainly a violation of the government's ethics rules, according to Walter Schaub, who was the director of the U.S. Office of Government Ethics from 2013 to 2017. Pai has not publicly responded to the accusation. Also on Friday, FCC Commissioner Michael O'Reilly called for the re-election of President Donald Trump during an appearance at CPAC. Advocacy group American Oversight called for an investigation of O'Reilly, saying that he violated the rule against engaging in partisan political activity while on duty. During the panel discussion, O'Reilly was asked how conservatives can prevent the, quote, regulatory ping-pong, end quote, that happened at the FCC when the balance of power shifts between Democrats and Republicans. Quote, I think we can do is to make sure conservatives that we elect good people to both the House and the Senate and make sure President Trump gets reelected. End quote. Riley then responded. A spokesman for O'Reilly denied that he was engaging in advocacy. Really? <laughs> uh, Commissioner O'Reilly was asked a question as to how to prevent the agency from ping-ponging back and forth. He tried to respond in a factual way without engaging advocacy. End quote. So, Said O'Reilly's spokesperson. Why he can't say it himself, I, I don't know. 
Schaub made his accusations about Pi's NRA award at a series of tweets. Government standards and ethical conduct prohibit the acceptance of gifts and awards in many situations, he noted. Quote, Anyone care to explain to me why FCC thinks that the ethics rules that allow allowing Ajit Pai to accept a gift of an expensive handmade gun from the NRA, the entity whose interests can, uh, he can affect and has been affected by the performance of his official duties? Am I missing something? End quote, Shab asked. Exceptions to those standards apply only when you cannot affect the interest of the giver, Schaub continued, but the NRA apparently supports Pi's decision to eliminate net neutrality rules. So the NRA seems to think he can affect its interest. It kind of makes sense, right? Uh, media and messaging and all. Even then, the exception applies only for bona fide public service award, which doesn't seem to apply to the NRA award, he wrote. Quote, and even beyond the standards of conduct, the ethics pledge that Pi signed bars gifts from lobbyists. End quote. That when Pi's office was, uh, you know, contacted to like, how do you explain this kind of outright violation? No response. Pi did not apparently know about the award in advance, as he seemed to be taken by surprise when it was announced on stage. The actual award was described as a Kentucky handmade long gun. But Pi did not receive it on Friday. Quote, we cannot bring it on stage, the NRA board member Carolyn Meadows said during the presentation, noting that the gun would be housed in the NRA's museum along with a plaque honoring Pi. We c when you can receive it, we'll give it to you, she said. The FCC's vote to eliminate net neutrality rules appeared to be the main reason Pi got the award. When the gift's value exceeds $200, the FCC has to make a written determination as to whether this is allowed. I'm sure the gift is worth more than $200, so where's the FCC's written analysis? You know, this is one of these regulations that requires FCC to make a statement on. <sighs> Alright, so now to O'Reilly. American Oversight, with the launch last year, uh, is led by the State Department lawyer Austin Evers. Uh, says that O'Reilly's pro-Trump comment violated the Hatch Act. Quote, the Hatch Act explicitly prohibits federal employees from engaging in partisan political activity while on duty. Uh, O'Reilly's appearing at CPAC in his official capacity as commissioner of the FCC, the government body which oversees regulation of the news media and internet, and calls for Trump's re-election violated direct guide guidance issued by the Office of Special Counsels, OSC, regarding federal employees and President Trump. End quote. That FCC guidance, or that OSC guidance, notes that President Trump has, quote, filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission establishing that he is a candidate in the 2020 presidential election. This means that federal employees are prohibited from expressly advocating for or against his reelection in 2020, end quote. For all that you did in defending not just my rights, but the rights of all Americans to keep and bear guitars, I present you with this gift. I'm honored. It's a repeating git box made in 1870, used in the American West. Out there, guitars like this didn't enforce the law. They were the law. I didn't write that. It was on some asshole's website. I wish I'd written it. It's a good line. They were the law. They were the law. Out there... They didn't enforce the law. They 
were the law. <coughs> oh, excuse me. After all that, I need some kind of palate cleanse. So how about I review a beer? Uh, this week, I'm going to review Coalesce from Steady Habit Brewing. Now, I've been living here in New England for two, new year two years now, and New England-style IPAs have definitely made a strong impression on me. Based in Haddam, Connecticut, down the river uh, about 30 miles from the coast, uh, Steady Habit Brewing has steadily made me a believer in their beers. Uh, Coalesce is a perfect marriage between two craft brewing's most popular hops. It sits at an APV of 8% and an IBU of 60. Uh, it has a beer advocate rating of around 4.6, last I checked, which is astonishingly high. Pour this brew to reveal a tad more orange than yellow, but, you know, not too much. Beautiful yeast uh, opaqueness is the signature of the Steady Habit brews, and this is no exception. A small but fluffy white head is the launching pad for a giant burst of citrusy aroma. The beer is big-time citra on the nose, but it's tempered with a small bit of white wine. The flavor is more balanced, grapefruit and stone fruit in equal proportion. Delightfully juicy, but not overly sweet. The vintage Steady Head pucker is still there, begging your palate for more. Steady Habit has absolutely perfected this new form of New England-style IPA, and ex I expect to drink many more beers from them in the future. I rate this, oh, let's say an 8.5 out of 10. Got something much better. You, you're going to die in 23 years of coronary embolism. You, you're going to live in Tuscany with your mother and your boyfriend. You, telemarketer. You, light FM radio DJ. You, you will raise poodles and not the big kind that win prizes. No, the annoying little kind that go. Well, that was fun. If you haven't listened to Reverse Centaur yet, just know you make Grant very, very sad. Join what I can assume are millions of listeners in the Amazon River Basin for what will become your newest favorite D&D-themed podcast starring four people living in three separate states. Yeah, yeah, I think that checks out. I'm Kevin from The Court Nerd saying, if the grass is greener on the other side, you can believe the water bill is higher too. Bye!